The content of this episode should not be confused with treatment advice or direction given from a mental health professional. Nothing contained in this podcast was made or intended to supplement or supersede relations with mental health providers or treatment. While Jeremy Levitt is a licensed marriage and family therapist, he is not functioning as a mental health provider in this podcast. The same is considered for any professional that may appear on the show. Their views are solely their own and do not reflect any company or profession they may represent. Welcome to Mind the Gap, where teens have a voice and parents learn to listen to that voice. Here we will talk with teens about their everyday challenges and accomplishments and learn what they are facing daily and what their needs are. As parents, we will learn valuable skills from a licensed marriage and family therapist on how to be aware of the gap in communication and close that gap. Welcome to Mind the Gap. We're back again, and I'm excited about this topic because it's something that's come up recently within my friend group of moms. And it's something that I always like, as soon as I have this situation come up with different friends and their moms, I always like to bring it to Jeremy and then our teenagers. It's so funny because every time you bring one of these up, it seems like that day or the day before that pops up in my sessions too. So it's It's so crazy. So it's just, I guess it's kind of nice knowing that like as moms, we're not the only ones going through these different situations. So we want to welcome Clara back. Hey guys, what's up? I kind of have adopted Clara into this podcast because awesome. I think it's great. <laughs> yeah. We love having her perspectives. And we, the female so perspective fun. on this, like I know you guys are both teenagers, but like you guys think differently. So I think it's useful. Yeah. We're just different. Clara. And then Luke, that was Luke. Welcome Luke. Hi. Luke's rocking some pretty awesome hair right now. Like, are you growing it out for Hawaii? Are you going to get yep. some surfer hair before you go? Yeah, I'm growing it out. It's awesome. I don't know if you noticed Soren's hair. I had not seen it. Soren's yeah. hair is cool. I Soren's like it. Soren's hair is so cool. He's growing his out too. <laughs> and he tells people it's it's business in the front and party in the back. That's awesome. So yeah, we're getting ready to go to Hawaii. So we're all excited. We're all quarantining after this. Which and hopefully we can do a podcast. I know. I talked to Austin about it and he said, Yeah. Yeah, that's a great idea. Yeah. On the beach. Maybe we should just head to the beach and yes. do a live podcast. We'll have Clara there. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. if you guys remember, we announced it last time that Clara and Luke yeah. were coming together. <laughs> Surprise. And then we'll have Austin. So we'll have Luke, Claire, and Austin. Be great. Which will be super cool. It'd be awesome. Yeah. So today we want to talk about consequences and how as parents we can help our children understand consequences of their actions and how as parents we can let our children have consequences, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like when I talk with parents about basically any topic, consequences always comes up and the reason why I feel like it's so important and this we talk about a lot is because I think a lot of times us as parents get really, really uncomfortable and maybe uncomfortable is not the right word, but we'll use it for now with setting boundaries and consequences. And guys, when we do that and I'm guilty of it too, and I'm a therapist, right? Like we are doing our kids a huge disservice, a huge disservice kids don't like them. It's obvious. If you remember when you were a kid, you didn't like it either. I mean, I fought back against consequences all the time and I tried to argue against them and I won a lot of the times. My mom thought I was going to be a lawyer because I'd make arguments with her and win. (laughs) But the, the reality is, is we as parents, and I'm going to give us as a whole globally as parents don't do a great job of providing consequences. And I feel like that's kind of always been the case, but in the last maybe 15 to 20 years, it's been a lot worse. And we'll talk about maybe some reasons why a little bit later, but 
I don't know. It's it's something that I feel like is we know we need to do. Like it's almost like a gut reaction, right? When our kids do something silly to to set a consequence, but we either don't follow through with it, we back out of it, or we don't apply it at all because a couple things are at play there. We're afraid of their reaction. We don't want to deal with their emotions. So we're either uncomfortable or afraid of our kids' emotions. And a a good example would be, you know what? You're using your phone inappropriately. You're not doing your homework. You're playing freaking among us. And so give me your phone for a week. And the kid throws a fit. And like, I've had clients that have kids that throw things and break things and hit and scream and yell and call their parents' names. So parents won't provide the consequence because they don't want to deal with that. Right. They're creating a little monster to be completely honest. Or I think sometimes parents, so that's one, one end of the spectrum. The other end is their kids are generally pretty good. And so they feel like they can let a consequence slide every once in a while. And I think you can, but you have to be really, really careful with that because if you keep doing that, then you're just not helping them learn any lessons. And then the, then the little monster starts to grow. So, or they, you know, but sometimes parents have their own emotions that they're dealing with and they don't want to deal with their, they don't want to feel like the bad guy. They don't want to, you know, they're too worried about their kids liking them than raising a productive adult. So I feel like I rambled there for a second. No, I think that was great. It was a lot of information. So I, I think as a mom, and this is something I, you know, want to post to Clara and Luke as a mom. I have to say that it always worries me when I have to set a consequence for my kids because I do, I do worry about the relationship because I value relationships with my children. It's something that as a mom, I work really hard to have as a relationship with my kids. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I do worry that, okay, if I'm too hard on them, if I am too restrictive, then they're going to resent me and not want to have a relationship with me. So I do let things slide sometimes. I find mm-hmm. that that I think Me as too. parents, we do that, right? Yep. We just, and sometimes, like you said, even just like yesterday, Alyssa came home from dance and she was, I don't know, just tell me a situation. And I had had a long, stressful day. I don't even know why it was just one of those days. And I, she was, we were having this conversation. I asked her to stop. I, I just don't want to hear about it, you know? And she just kept going on and kept going on. I'm like, okay, listen, if you don't stop right now, I'm going to lose my mind. Instead of just saying like, Hey, you know, I need you to stop or you're going to have to go to your room or, you know, giving us small consequences. Even my emotions were just all out of whack. And I think as, as kids maybe understand that maybe us as a parents too, sometimes we have emotions, but Luke and Clara, what are your guys' thoughts of when you guys have consequences that are not natural that actually come from your parents. Like when you guys do something and then either it's a punishment or or some restriction or any consequence. Like what kind of consequences do we have or? Well, no, like how do you feel about when you actually, when your parents instill a consequence on you, you know, I mean, it doesn't necessarily, I know taking the phone away is probably the, the biggest one, but even restrictions or you can't do this, you can't do that. Like how you does that be make home you earlier feel? or you yeah. can't go out any consequence yeah. necessarily. Cause these are not natural consequences, right? These well, are, they, they are, well, they're natural consequences of the behavior, but they're not like we're providing it. To right. Them. We're providing. Yes. Them, yeah. I guess I feel pretty mad. <laughs> do you yeah. ever push back Clara? Do you ever like fight back against the consequence? Luke's nodding yeah. his head. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> So, okay, so you've learned what works and what doesn't work, right? I guess. So what works with your mom and your dad? What, like how to get out of the consequence? Yeah, how do you get out of it? I want to know. So my parents 
they always like threaten to take away my car if yeah. I do something wrong. And I'm like, okay, then you have to take me to tennis. You have to take me to all my things. Like, just, okay, like you can take that my is, car if you want. That's a perfect example. That's a perfect example. I don't want to deal with my consequences of providing a kid a consequence. Totally. Right? You know what I would do if I was your parents? What would you do? Okay, you're not going to tennis, you know, <laughs> right? Yeah, it's not me having to take you. It's just that you're not going. You're not going. But sorry, sorry, Clara. Pa- Clara's parents do not adopt that. She, no. <laughs> her strategies are working well for her. Well, it's also like when I get my phone taken on, like, okay, when you ask me to call someone, can't do that. I can't. And I had to do my seminar on my phone. Like, it just made, I'm like, you're just making my life life harder when you do this. Oh, she's making your life harder. That's interesting. But it never your, works. I still get that taken away. Your decisions don't make your life harder, moms? No. It, no, it's it was my fault for the consequence for what there I did. Okay. But they still... <laughs> but we like to say but, that. But it's also... Parents. Like, my dad also takes stuff way too far with consequences. Like, if I don't walk on his back, my phone's gone. <laughs> like I'm, He's holding it hostage. <laughs> I like love I'm, it. Like, I'm dead serious. Like, those are... those. He, like... His consequences are, like... Arbitrary. It feels arbitrary to you. Like it doesn't make sense. Yeah. Okay. I get that. Sometimes I I struggled with that. I know kids, a lot of times when kids have a negative reaction to consequence, there's a small percentage of the time. It's when we as parents are setting an arbitrary consequence and it doesn't make sense in our kid's head. And it just kind of like blows their brain up. They're like, you know, generally most kids, even though they might fight it and throw a fit and a tantrum, when they get calm, they understand. Right. Yeah, when we were, so it was like, we're getting all of our tennis awards like at the banquet at the very end, and I didn't get the, this one academic athlete, whatever, and you could only get that as a junior and senior, but my dad didn't know. He's like, you have to have a 2.5 GPA. You're like that stupid and not even get it, and he took my phone, mm. and he's like, you're not getting this back until next season until you could actually get that. And but I was he like, he didn't have all the information. Yeah, and he didn't even know that I'm not even allowed to get that. And it was like, and okay, then, so let's assume though that you were eligible for it and you didn't get the GPA. Could that still be a natural consequence? Not for a year, a whole year without a phone, just because of my grade mm-hmm. that I could obviously get up. Well, may- maybe, but I get taking the phone away as a natural consequence because you, at some level, your dad may have thought that you were prioritizing things on the phone over work or school or whatever, right? So I get that yeah. part of it, but maybe years a little crazy. Yeah. But I think most of us, here's the rule with parents. You can always start out too hard. You can never soften up, right? Or you can never like start soft and then move into hard. So mm-hmm. I usually go pretty strict on my kids' consequence and ease up eventually. Yeah, and I think that's what happens a lot with us as well. It's the, And the kids know that too, yeah. especially with dad, is that he throws these long-term yeah. things out there and then it, it doesn't stick long-term. But it, the, the initial threat for the kids, though, is terrifying, yeah. you know? Or, well, sometimes we can pick them out, which ones are fake, because he's like, because he's like, I'm trying to think of something he says. Oh, yeah, where it's like, if you don't, if you like, if you keep acting like this, you're not coming to Hawaii. Like, we all, I do that too. We all know. My wife calls me out on it. We all do it though. Yeah, my mom, my mom calls my dad. uh, She's like, we're all going to Hawaii, Nate, and it makes us feel good. Oh, it's she, like, yes. my wife won't say it when, when the kids are there afterwards. She's like, why do you keep doing that? You know they know you're fake. So one time, this is so funny, I was like, <laughs> I was, I can't remember what the consequence was, but my kids know that I'd be like, you know what, you better get in line or you're not going to Christmas, like that kind of stuff, yeah. stupid crap, right? 
And one time I said it, and then I actually followed through with it. And my 10-year-old goes, oh, dad's actually doing it. <laughs> He's calling you out now. Uh, and then we all laughed. And the consequence didn't get applied anyway. So. Well, that reminds me of when my husband Nate was a kid. And I guess Christmas it came up. was come, They have seven kids. And it was coming up to Christmas. And they were so bad. And they all remember this Christmas. It was really bad. And their dad threatened to take away Christmas. And they woke up Christmas morning with no presents. That's like awesome. literally. And they were so sad. And his mom made him go get all the presents. You know, he had them. But it was... Anyway, they still talk about that morning when they woke up and there weren't any presents. And they were like, we were really bad that Christmas. <laughs> so, but yes. But as parents, we I think sometimes we do. We threaten consequences and we don't follow through. I try really hard to not threaten something that I can't actually follow through on. Yeah. So if I if I threaten something, I have to know in the back of my mind, because I was taught that years and years ago was a young mom to not make promises that you can't keep on either end mm-hmm. on a reward or a consequence. And so I try really hard and I fail often, mm-hmm. but I try really hard to not say like, yeah, you're going to phone's going to be taken away for a year because I know that's not legitimate you know I'm really not gonna do that but a week yeah like for sure we'll go a week Mm -hmm. and as parents maybe that's something that we need to learn is to not because I think the kids like they said they know when we're serious when we're not serious they are they're smart kids are smart and as parents we need to know yeah they know our our, they know our patterns yeah I think with the extreme consequences I think sometimes we're just as parents reactionary because we forget we don't have to provide a consequence right now it's okay to be like there will be a consequence I need some time to think about it. It's okay to do that. You know, kids get that. Yeah. You know what else I hate when, when you guys ask us, what should your consequence be? Like, I'm obviously going to like try to give me the lesser consequence, but then I feel bad saying it because it's like, I don't know. I don't know what I deserve myself, you know, or actually most of the time it's like, I know what I I deserve, but I don't want that. You know, how does interesting word deserve? Do you really feel like you deserve it? Or is that just a natural well, result of your behaviors? What do you mean, Mike? If you were to ditch school and get caught, and let's say you get like a truancy ticket, hundred bucks, and your mom and your mom and dad make you pay it, okay? Did you deserve that? Like, deserve is a is a weird word when it in, when you hear it in my head. It almost like feels like it ties to that shame definition a little bit. Well, right? if I did it, then I deserve the ticket. The natural consequence of the behavior. Yeah. I'm just trying to make sure that we're like, I want to make sure that we're talking about like, this is just, this is what happens when I do that. Not I'm a bad person because I did it. Does that Mm -hmm. make sense? Yeah. I love that. And I think that's a really good distinction because yeah, good kids do do things right. And they, we talk about all a lot, the frontal lobe not being fully developed Mm -hmm. in the decision-making area. And so they don't understand consequences sometimes with their actions and they're still good kids, but they make choices that are, you know, have a consequence yep. like that, like skipping school. Yep. I didn't know that there was a truancy fine. There is, you know, if your kids even like miss school because they're sick too much, you, and the ticket goes to the parent, not the kid, but yeah, there's truancy tickets. So they'll show up at your house. Did you guys the know police, that? It's not just, it's the CCSD <laughs> police will show up at your house and write you a ticket. Wow. hundred bucks is the first, the first defense. Wow. I didn't know that. I learned something. Better not skip school. I know my friend, she had to get her like permit six months late because she was absent too much. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's a good consequence. I like that. That's a natural consequence. It just sucks. Yeah, so no, I love that because that 
for me, that's a consequence that the parents don't even instill, right? Like the kid, that's a consequence that it's a by law. It's a law consequence. So I think that's something maybe we can talk about too, is sometimes kids don't understand there's legal consequences that are out of parents' hands. And like I had a friend who lives in out of state and her son was walking around in a ghillie suit, Mm -hmm. the hunting ghillie Mm -hmm. suits, you know, and she got a couple, she got a call from the police officer and he was getting turned in for wearing a ghillie suit, you know, Mm -hmm. and he was just out trying to have some fun, Mm -hmm. some clean fun. He wasn't. Ghillie suit's one of the like a sniper suit. Yeah. Yeah. Like where you have like, how do you get, oh, it looks like a bush. Yeah. How do you get in trouble? So you can like hide. He was probably out like being yeah. doing stupid stuff with it. He's oh. probably trying to like scare. He was just yeah. yeah, he was just walking around, just doing stuff. Anyway, harmless. I don't want to say harmless fun, but clean fun. I, yeah, it was like he wasn't. He was just walking around with his friends, and anyway, the police officer was like, "Well, you know, you can't walk around in a ghillie suit, what? just well, around." You can, but people it was are at night. React. Yeah, it was at night, and react. so that's the thing is like she was trying to help her son understand. That was good, clean fun, but there are consequences. Like you have to accept the consequence that you may get phone calls on you. Mm-hmm. And the police officer showed up and told you, you you couldn't do that, you know? And so anyway, I you get frustrated as a parent even going, their kid was trying to have fun, but that is a consequence. And he didn't like the consequence, you know? So sometimes it's understanding, kids understanding, when I make this decision, I have to be able to also accept that there might be a consequence that I don't like. So you're right. So when I'm talking with kids and I'm training parents very often, I will say, stop talking to them about like, you know, what decision are you going to make or what, like, is that a good decision or a bad decision? Stop talking about decisions and keep talking about consequences in that. Like you're not picking a decision. You're picking a consequence, right? Like last night, my son was working on a math test that he didn't see on the calendar. And he also had like a coding assignment that was due and, you know, rather than say, okay, like, what's your decision? Are you going to just like not do it tonight? I was talking to him about like, okay, so the consequence of not doing it tonight is, you know, you get a lower grade, but it's also 10 o'clock at night. Like what consequence do you want? Are you okay with that consequence? And he was okay with it. So we have to talk to our kids a lot about consequences, not so much the decision itself, but just kind of lay out there like, okay, like here's your decisions. What are the consequences? Pick what consequence you want. Didn't work backwards to make that decision. Yeah. Does that make sense to you guys as teenagers? Mm -hmm. How do you feel about that versus saying, hey, what do you decide about this? Or versus saying, hey, this is the consequence, then make your decision. I feel like that's just something like we have to learn, like going into our life. Like everything has like a reaction and everything has a consequence. And like sometimes it's kind of just like common sense too. Like if I don't study like tonight then I'll have to study tomorrow night and I'll have to stay up and I'll lose sleep but maybe I'll get a better score it's just like everything has a consequence and Mm -hmm. that's just something that parents should teach their kids about that now when we as parents protect our kids from the consequences though we're stunting them because Clary you can do that because your parents let you have some consequences and you felt them but if they were always protecting you from them right then then you would have no idea what to do in that situation Right. Or you would do what you wanted and what felt best, not maybe necessarily what's prudent and then have a temper tantrum because there's a consequence now that you have to deal with. Right. So yeah. Like, so protect our kids. I think that if what, so I will give a personal experience and something that I 
I am totally guilty of that. So I took Remington to Hawaii a couple of weeks ago mm-hmm. and I talked to Ortiz about it beforehand. And, you know, Remy, this has been a really hard year being online. Yeah. She's not an online learning student. It's way better for her to be in class, in person, learning from the teacher. So she was a little bit behind and I thought, okay, we'll just, we'll be on our time frame in Nevada and we'll be up early. We'll be able to get your work done, log on to your classes. Anyway, so the first day she logs on and I realize she's missing a bunch of assignments and she's behind on this narrative. And I thought, oh, well, you know, we'll figure it out. Anyway, five or six days in Hawaii, we just played. We didn't, we, she didn't do anything. I didn't force her to do anything to get home. And she is like in tears because she's so far behind and she's so stressed out. So I was like, okay, Rem, let's buckle down and get this done. So we went to write this scary story and I hope her teacher's not on here. <laughs> I was like, Remy, what do you want to write about? And she totally gave me the whole idea and the whole thing. And I just started helping her, yeah. but I was doing most of the writing. Right. And because I didn't like the consequences, the natural consequences she was suffering. Well, and I was like, okay, was Remy, let's. Because of your decisions too. So I get right. that, right? So I was just like, okay, this is a really great, scary story. And she was just giving me ideas and I was helping her. But I was doing most of the writing and I thought the whole time I was writing this, I'm like, I shouldn't be doing this. I should, she should be writing this own story. But then we click submit and then, you know, there she, there she got her. But I was like, we do that as parents. So, and I've done it for my kids throughout the years where I'm like, Hey, just give it to me. I'll just do it. Not me. I do all my own work. You do now because you're older and I can't, you don't want me to do your work, Luke. Trust me. When I was little, I used to not like to when I would like ask my parents for homework help, I always wanted to ask my mom because my mom was the one who would like not want to like sit through it, teach me everything. She would just be like, oh, it's that. And she would like start writing it. But I never, I always hated to like work with my dad because he actually like made me do all the work. That's kind of like how my parents who to ask. That's so funny. I'm just, I just think kids, that's the thing is like kids know us, right? Yep. That's just, Claire's just, Kids are on to us as parents. They know who to ask for what. They know who's going to do it. And and sometimes we don't like the consequence of them struggling, which... We don't want to deal with it. Yeah. We don't want to deal with it, yeah. Yeah, and that's the hard part, right? Like, I don't think my mom ever took away my car because she didn't want to deal with, you know, driving me to seminary at 6 a.m. in the morning. And so, but, I mean, I get we all do that. And at some level, that's pretty typical and normal. And I don't think it's so detrimental, but... Guys, I'm not lying when I say I have kids that I work with, multiple kids, not just one. And they're not kids anymore. They're adults. They're in college. And their parents are still, what assignments do you have? What do you need to do? Sitting them down, forcing them to do their assignments, right? And I go, why are you, Why do you still do this? They're like, well, because I don't want them to lose their Millennium Scholarship or I don't want them to get a lower GPA or right? they want to go to this, they want to transfer to this college. So they have to, it has to look good and they don't want to deal with their kids hurt, their kids disappointment. They don't want to, I mean like, okay, so your kid has to, you know, pay for school now instead of getting a scholarship. That's a natural consequence of their behaviors. How long are we going to keep doing this mom and dad? We're going to follow them to work. Yeah. At some point you got to let them grow up and have those consequences. Yeah. But also, it was like my English grade was like suffering because the English. 
Yeah. <laughs> it was like it's so weird. Like, like we all speak English. Why <laughs> you're failing English? The, like late policy was. Okay. Yeah. She like changed it without telling us, and I got half credit on all these assignments, which brought me to a B. And I told my dad, and he he emailed the principal, and boom, it got an A. Like without that email that he sent, I wouldn't have an A in English. So why didn't you send the email? I mean, I totally could have, but it's. It, well, you when the principal when the principal seen it from like Your dad. a parental, yeah, it just like so that might be a different scenario because it sounds like like it was that was the teacher's dysfunction not yours and luke you yeah. did reach out to the teacher i did he and did you, reach out to the teacher first it's great it's so. great that your dad will advocate for yeah. you in that situation mm-hmm. yeah but if it was just you you know being late just to be late no well the thing was it's like i'll, I'll tell you what happened it was the teacher told us that you have literally to the end of the quarter to turn in any assignments because mm-hmm. it's online it's a hassle yeah and then i turn in all these late assignments because it's basically the due date's the end of the quarter. End of the quarter yeah. And I so I turned in all these assignments and I get half credit and I'm and I ask her, she's like, That's because I already posted the answers. So you could have just looked at those and copied them. I'm like, if you look at my work, it clearly not even close to what you had. Mm-hmm. And and I tried convincing her, she's like, If I change it for you, I'd have to change it for the whole class, that's not fair. And I was like, You can't change your late policy like halfway through without even telling any of us. And that's what that's basically what the email was stating. Like, yeah. it's not fair to the students. Yeah. And then I was like, I also was like, yeah, it was my fault that I didn't turn them in on time and I turned them in. But you late. did it based on the information you had. Exactly. Yeah. I'm just going to call that you were procrastinating or sometimes that's time management. Right. Yeah. It's not always a bad thing. So here's the here's what would be different. Right. If you were the the policy was was not that and you were just actually late and dad didn't want you to get a B because it would lower your GPA and right that that's where we're, we start running into problems yeah. right that's where we start creating little monsters so so my dad was a school teacher for I don't know what 40 years something in the school district and he was saying there's such a difference he retired what like seven or eight years ago, but he was saying the last 10 years of teaching, he said there was a huge difference in the way that parents treated the teachers and children versus mm-hmm. the way that they used to, where parents used to have consequences for their kids if they did stuff like that. Like they didn't turn in their homework. It was the kid's fault. But now the, like the last 10 years of my dad teaching, he would say the parents would come in and have a conference with me as a teacher for giving consequences to the student who didn't study the student who turned in his homework late and it was my fault as a teacher you know and so the tides are changing and I think it's really important for us to learn as parents that yeah there are consequences like Luke's situation the teacher did say you could turn your homework in and of course what did I say Luke why do you wait to the last minute anyway but that's what kids are going to do if you give them boundaries to the end they're going to they're going to go and they're going to turn it all in the day before you say, but I think as parents, we need to learn that we need to know where the boundaries are between advocating for your child and giving them an excuse. Well, it's interesting that your dad noticed that because there's a lot of actual um, like empirical evidence backing that up. And a lot of it, and some people are going to hate me for saying this, but a lot of it is because millennials are now parents. Mm-hmm. And millennials have this bad rap and some of it's actually accurate of always getting the participation trophy, always being told they're special, 
like all this. And so they become entitled and they project that onto their children and they think that's how it should be. The other thing is that, you know, we're, you know, the millennials were the first generation as adults to have access to anything they wanted within a second. Right. So we just created this super entitled generation and it's not their fault. It's just what happened. And now their kids are perpetuating that because, you know, heaven forbid my kid, but again, entitlement generation. I'm a millennial. I'm at the tail end of the millennials, the early end of the millennials. So I didn't get it too bad, but you know, you're in their early thirties, mid thirties, late twenties. It's a struggle for us, man, because we were raised that everyone's special and everyone gets participation trophy and, you know, minimum F and I hate minimum F. Nate and I talk about this often, how we were raised, you know, with like, we had to actually work really hard if we were going to get a trophy for anything. I mean, I just didn't get trophies. Yeah. Yeah. It meant something to get a trophy. And now that we're raising kids, they, they go to soccer or whatever and they, you yeah participation trophy mm-hmm. and Nate and I are like, Oh man, our house is just, we're just gathering all these participation trophies. Cause you played in the season. It's a trophy. I'm like, what, you know, what's acknowledged in some other way, but actually earn the trophy and make mm-hmm. it actually feel like you earned something. I even remember years ago, our girls were in dance and they didn't, I don't know. They don't get trophies. Like they don't all individually get trophies. If you win a dance, the studio gets them. And one of the moms was wanting to order trophies for all the girls. And I was like, Oh, please. I just don't want one more trophy in my house. It's they get medals. They'll get a little medal. And actually they didn't even win. Yeah. And they didn't even win. So it was like, well, they know she was like, well, my daughter gets one for soccer for participating. I'd love for my daughter to get one for participating in dance. And I was like, but they didn't win nationals or they didn't win their, you know, top place or whatever. So let's make them earn, earn their trophies and earn their award. Well, there's actually, there's actually some studies out on that whole concept in that the kids who get participation trophies that don't win actually like they actually end up feeling worse because we think we're making them feel better, but they've done studies on this. They actually feel worse because they know they didn't earn it. Right. And so it ends up that participation for trophy actually ends up making them feel worse in the long run. It's just nuts. To well, me. it would also suck like seeing like someone else get the best on the MVP and then no one else gets anything. It's like, oh, I wasn't good enough to get it. So you want a participation? trophy? No, I'm not. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that's what, how most people would feel. Yeah. And do you feel like, how do you feel about that? Like, do you feel like it's a good thing or a bad thing? Oh, I mean, participation trophies, it's like, I don't think, I think it's just like they're trying to make, they've like, as the years have gone by, they're always trying to make kids feel better and better about themselves, but it's, I don't know. But the evidence is showing that they're actually feeling worse, right? Yeah. Because they yeah. know they didn't earn I've it. actually noticed in tennis, these groups that me and Luke go to, whenever we do like a group activity where there's like winners and losers and there's like a winning side and like a losing side and you have to like go to whatever side like if you just won or lost but they like they don't say the word lose they're like okay if you won then you can go to the winner side and then if you lost you can go to the the learning side and it's like I know I lost just say it like the you know, learning side. Like, I kind of yeah, like, like the way... that word, but I get that. <laughs> yeah, right? but just it's kind of weird the way that they like sugarcoat it. And I know. We're all in the high school. We're like, we know we just we lost. Know. It's like okay. winners, winners court, losers court. <laughs> yeah, but it's like the learners court. Yeah, you know, I'm but I, I also like quotes. that because it's like 
when you are on the losing court, you if you're if you win on the like if say it's like king of the courts on both sides, yep. if you win as king on the losers court, it bumps you up to the winners court because yeah. you deserve to be on that court for winning on the other one, you know. And then like if it's you, like a game, almost yeah. And if you that. lose on that one, you go back down because you know, then. Well, that's that's I, I that that's a great example. I love that, and because that is that works. And I, and what you said earlier, Luke, about like they're just trying to make everyone feel better, right? And they're trying mm-hmm. to help these kids feel better about themselves. Again, here we are as adults trying to avoid our kids' feelings. We don't want to feel or see or deal with our kids' emotions. And so let's just make them feel good. They're not always going to feel good. Yeah. So I was just saying, like, there's no consequence, right? So and I, I've constantly told my kids, like, if you don't want to work hard, you're not going to be the best and yeah. you're not going to win. And it's okay. That's your choice. You want to do that. Yeah. yeah. And that's your choice. We, I tell them, like, if you don't, if you don't want to go out and work, that's fine. Mm-hmm. But don't expect to be on the winner's court. If you want to be on the winner's court, you got to go practice. Yeah. And if you end up on the loser's court, well, that should motivate you to want to practice and or work not. harder. And you just keep having fun and don't care about yeah. it. No, it's, yeah. It's like when way. I'm on, like, especially when they do the one, like, court, one, two, three, four. When you're, mm-hmm. when you're like, on that fourth or third court, it's like, okay, like, I, I don't want to be here. I want to get up to the upper level. That's how I feel. I'm, yeah, that's how I feel, too. At the beginning of every tennis lesson... They kind of like split us up. We start warming up and like usually the best people, they're on like court one. And I just get kind of like, I get really upset when they're like, okay, Clara, court three with blah, blah. And I'm like, what the heck? Court three? Like, so here's, here's, here, maybe an interesting thought, right? You don't get better unless you play with people that are better than you. So maybe that's what they're trying to accomplish. They're putting you with some kids that aren't as great. So many other things can be true there. Like I, when I was teaching Taekwondo, right? You don't, get better unless you fight people that can kick your butt. Yeah. And so I would do that quite often, but then I'd, sometimes I'd have parents complain. Why is my kid fighting this kid? They're at such different levels and it sucks and it's not a challenge. And so I would have to do some, so there could be a lot of play there. You just don't know. Yeah. yeah. But I do like that. It, that if you do get put on like court three, you guys are going, okay, I don't want to be on court three. I want to be on court two or court one. So you're going to go, okay, I'm going to get a private. I'm going to go home. I'm going to hit, I'm going to work and I'm going to put my, best foot forward i like that you guys are competitive and mm. you want to be the best but some people don't and that's fine yeah, that's, cool. that's super fine too yeah, like, you know? some kids are on court for literally the whole day because they're like they don't even care yeah they're and they're happy to be there or and, because their parents want them there. yeah exactly yeah. so that's fine too but those are the consequences of their yeah. actions and i think as parents you have to accept them i think it's really hard sometimes to accept that your kids and we talked about this i think a couple episodes ago about portraying our likes and interest on our kids right and we have to accept the consequence that our kids don't mm-hmm. want to do what we want to do and if they want to just do it for fun then let them do it for fun you know if they don't want to be competitive and be on court one or two that's a choice and the consequences that maybe you don't get the big trophy you still might get a participation trophy but you might not get the big one yeah <laughs> so yeah and also like when you're in court one or two and you do bad then the, your consequence is being bumped down to the lesser level where it's like you now don't imagine, want to be there imagine what that would look like if they didn't like they did never did anything like that like then it would just what would be the point right yeah it's like let's like, let's all just hit you know yeah but i always think it's important that kids if they want to and it's important to them that they do strive for 
being the best of whatever they are. I've seen it really successful in my kids. Mm-hmm. You know, Austin won a state championship in volleyball a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. And these kids worked so hard to earn that, you know, and then the reward was really great. And they didn't go to state the next and year and it was fine. They yeah. were, they were totally fine. They were healthy and they were fine. Luke was number one doubles in tennis this year. Mm-hmm. And it was fun to see him get that last excitement year. or sorry, last year, this year's 2020 COVID. We haven't had tennis. <laughs> you um, can't play doubles. They're, yeah. they're, they're actually, you might come they're actually planning on um, doing the six weeks. I did hear it might, they might have a season. That'd be cool. If, yeah. they, if that's, if they do hybrid school, but so, yeah. but it was fun to see you, Luke want to maintain that status and work hard and, and play, you know, and be competitive and work. And you are understanding the consequences of working hard and what it felt to win. It feels good to win, but you were also a good sport. Yeah. You know, and how, how it works is the top three spots of first singles and the top three spots for doubles. That's who gets the start. And if you're, if say I was, I was number one doubles, the number two doubles is allowed to challenge the number one doubles to take their spot to like just have the number one spot, you know, and the number four doubles could, can challenge the number three doubles to get a starting spot. So it's like you earn yeah. if you start. I can, I'm, I'm transposing this over for bang kids because there's like first chair, second chair. What if like second chair like was challenged first chair? Like what would that even for, look like? In what? In band. No, I did that in school. <laughs> did you not do that? I was, well, we didn't challenge. No, I, we could. Oh, that's so awesome. I played um, the saxophone in junior high. <laughs> played the saxophone. I did. Can you play Careless Whisper? I don't even remember. It's been so many years. <laughs> but I, there was only three of us. There was yeah. three saxophone players. And there was this one kid, and he was more inclined to be artsy. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't. I was forced to play, you know, an instrument in junior high. And so my mom played the saxophone. So I was like, I'm going to play the saxophone. Anyway, I was second chair and he was always first chair. But then there was another kid. He was third chair and he was kind of like forced to do music too. And so he and I used to always battle for second chair. We'd, you know, and I usually won, but then I never wanted to challenge the first chair because I was like, he's way too good. Mm. And like, I would never beat him, but we could have challenged. Saxophone off. Yeah. You you challenge like how many mistakes you make in a piece. Oh, that's awesome. (laughs) Yeah. That's yeah, awesome. I always thought it was kind of interesting, like with improving and getting better is every single year I'd go to this BYU tennis camp. And the first year I did it, I think it was like my first year playing tennis because I was I was 12 years old and they have this thing where there's four teams and there's 25 people on each team or like about 25 to 30. And the like everybody you can see everybody's name, everybody's rank, like number one being the best and 25 being the worst. And I remember like my first year, it was like Clara Jensen, like 23rd. And I was like, oh, this is so stupid. Everybody can see how bad I am. But then I remember the next year I was like, the next year I was like 15. And I was like, oh, wait, that's kind of cool. Like I'm, I'm halfway there. And then the next year after that, I was like the top 10. And then I like actually learned, like, I really enjoy like the fact that every single year I'm getting like better and better. And I was really upset. I couldn't do it this last year because of the pandemic but yeah I just liked how I could improve and then just like I kind of got like a lot of validation seeing my name like on like number seventh in the team you know yeah it's cool that's because you worked hard and you put forth that effort 
And as it, the parents like positive consequences. Yeah, yeah it's a positive consequences. consequences. Yeah. The, and there's something as parents in sports too, it's like you can't actually go out there and do that for your kids, which is one of the reasons why I love sports. They try though. Yeah. Tiger dads and tiger moms. <laughs> you've seen those guys. I know you've seen them. Yelling from the stands. Well, no, I'm that person that yells from the stands. <laughs> but, do you, but do you coach from the stands and like yell at the coach and sometimes? No, <laughs> oh my dad. Tiger, they're called Tiger Dads. I have been oh, kicked out of one game. About Soren and Nate when they did that. Oh my gosh! <laughs> <laughs> so, so it was Thursday. Yeah. Yeah. Soren, my dad was gonna sign up Soren for tennis, but they didn't have a lesson, so he was playing with all the older kids. Soren was. And my dad was literally on the court behind Soren holding his racket for him. Like holding his and, hands and making him hit. And making him hit balls. all these balls. Because I think they were like, yeah, Soren's a little too young for the stage. And Nate's like, it's fine. It's I'll fine. Help I'll help him. I'll help him. And he, he stood behind the whole entire lesson holding his hands, That's making him do cute. the volleys. the for, video of that. Like, I, I wish we would have took a picture. I know. Like, it, it was, it was so, so funny, funny because, and that was like the one day, like, we never go over there. Yeah, like, we had to sing never. happy birthday to one of the and, little and, girls on the And the team. one day, my dad's playing for Soren. <laughs> we were like, what the heck? And all the kids were like, what? what? Who yeah, they're that? like so confused, this like grown hey, man Luke, on the court. Luke, just be lucky he doesn't do that with you. Oh that would gosh. be really bad. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Okay, so Clara and Luke, give us your final thoughts on coming from the teenage perspective on understanding consequences, maybe coming from parents or natural consequences. And give us some advice and your final thoughts. Well, when you do something bad, you deserve a consequence. It's just sometimes parents can need to take it easy too sometimes. As slow in, it down a little bit. Slow it down. No need to super harsh. Like, if I if I have a bad grade, don't just straight say you give me your phone. Like, talk to me about it. Ask like why it's bad. Why how I can get it up. And if and if you don't if you don't get it up, consequence. But give us a chance before you give us a harsh consequence. I love that. That's perfect. You just gave some brilliant advice. Like, understand why, mm-hmm. right? Figure out what's going on. And if you go to, if you, if you went to dad and be like, Hey dad, like this is what's going on. This is what happened. Here's my plan. Mm-hmm. Then maybe there doesn't need to be a consequence. Cause he's already got it figured out. Yeah. And then the consequence can apply if you don't follow through with your plan. Yeah. But yeah. I love that. Brilliant. Brilliant. Luke. I think parents should give consequences that motivate their children. Like when my parents tell me if I don't finish this, that, and that for school, then I can't hang out with friends over the weekend. And it like, it motivates me and it makes me do do better, but don't give me I don't know. I don't know what kind of consequences you would get that just make you like totally throw a fit and just argue. Usually There's those like are the ones don't make sense to you. Yeah. Like you can, it makes sense that if I don't get my homework done, well then I can't hang out with friends because homework's a priority over friends. That makes sense in your head. Mm-hmm. But if it was, if you don't do your homework, uh, you don't, you don't get a birthday present. Like, but that yeah. Make sense, yeah. Right. I would fight that one. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it doesn't make any sense. So, I like that, Clarence. Like, be logical in yeah. your consequences. Oh, yeah. Perfect mm-hmm. word. Yeah. So I think I, I, I mean, I've learned a lot. I think I, I'm always grateful to have the teenagers here because we learn from them. And we get to, yeah, we get perspectives. As parents, I think sometimes we just, we don't, we just give consequences and we don't, maybe we don't understand the consequences of the consequences that we're giving, right? A lot of times we can, it can be counter effective mm-hmm. and, kids don't understand if we do a consequence that doesn't have anything to do with the situation or whatever. So take a step back, parents, evaluate the situation. I love how Luke said, you know, 
let's talk about it and figure out what's going on in that child's life or situation before we decide maybe what the consequences should be. Get all the information because maybe you can provide a consequence that actually helps. Yeah. Rather than just punishing. You should never just punish. That doesn't, doesn't benefit anybody. Yeah. So. Well, sometimes we do it just because I'm like, I'm mad and I'm frustrated. I'm like, well, that's, you get that, that's this. what we're talking about, right? Just slowing it down. <laughs> yeah. You don't have to remember parents. You don't, they're not dogs. You don't have to provide a consequence within two seconds for them to get it. Yeah. That's and, so true. And come up to two weeks later, like. Yeah. Them just knowing there's a consequence is usually enough, even if they don't know what it is. Yeah. Right? I remember when I'm, I remember someone who their child had hit my son. And he was little and his nose bled. And the, the mom was like asking the child, do you want a punishment? And he was like three or four. I was like, what did he say? Did he tell you yes? He wanted a punishment? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'll never forget that. An interesting conversation with yeah. a three-year-old. Yeah. Do you want a punishment? No, I want a cookie. Yeah. Anyway. So yeah, it's there can always be consequences, but take a step back. Think about it. Love your kids. And know that they're on to us as well i love that (laughs) it's true i mean claire like gonna be like the in austin we're gonna be like the best parents you know yeah getting getting a little cocky there because we like know everything now we just know how to happen you're gonna get a little hellion i can't wait i hope luke gets a little hellion and then he's like mom no i don't know what to do and then we're like, Jeremy, where's Jeremy? <laughs> Just send him to Jeremy. Hopefully in Hawaii by that time. <laughs> Living there. I know, right? Well, thank you for always um, coming back. We appreciate you. We appreciate your time. Again, if you have any ideas for episodes or teens, if you have any ideas or anything that you want to talk about, please reach out to us. Know that we're here for you. We listen to you. We want to know what you're thinking. And parents, if you have... Any concerns, comments, or questions, or episodes that you want us to do, please reach out. We'd love to hear from you. Bye, guys. Thanks. Peace out. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you'd like to reach out to us, we can be found on Facebook at mindthegap-teenstalkwelisten or on Instagram at mindthegap.welisten.